4: Australian bars,
1: titty discs,
4: and that's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm gonna go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. <laughs> the worst.
0: <titty> <laughs> get
1: better than that.
0: Comic books.
2: Motherfucker, do you
0: read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another doomtastic, forcerific episode of Fanholes Comics. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your Elastic hosts tonight. And I am joined tonight by one of my fellow fanholes. Why don't you give us a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, what's up? This is Tony and Rome body Slide by two. So, I guess we're just doing a a stories from the spinner rack episode for the most part. We we kind of me and Tony picked some some comic books that we kind of had a Jonesing to, to bring up and discuss and I guess per my own rules, this comic I'm about to bring up is a comic that I got off ye old quick stop spinner rack. I, I kinda go into this quite frequently, but I'm pretty sure this was something I got while my mom was in the beauty salon and I, you know, walked a couple stores down to the quick stop and got it off the spinner rack. The book in question is the Doom Patrol, issue number 17. And the cover date is 1988. The on-sale date is October 25th, 1988. It had a cover price of a whopping $1. It had 32 pages. Robert Greenberger was the editor. The writer was Paul Kupperberg. The penciler was Graham Nolan. The inker was Timothy Deson. Letterer Robert M. Pin- Aha? Pin- uh-huh? I don't know. I'm probably butchering that. And the colorist is Michelle Wolfman. And I, I'd say, like, it, it it's kind of like... Hmm. How, how, how do I put this? I don't think I bought this because I recognized the Doom Patrol. I think I was enamored by the whole event type dynamic like I think I had never really experienced a big crossover event in comics until Invasion and Invasion was probably like my very first one and so I one I was I was kind of looking to see the Invasion First Strike extra logo on the, the various comic books that tied into the event and then I think the other thing that really sold it for me was off to the left on the cover There's Aquaman on Storm, the seahorse, and Aqualad uh, among the the various groups of heroes that are fighting the alien invasion underwater. So I I think mainly I bought this on the strength of the invasion tie-in and the fact that I totally recognized Aquaman and Storm from the, the Filmation Aquaman cartoon. And typically that was sort of my M.O., was was did I recognize it from some kind of, you know, super friends or, you know, some, some kind of TV property, and usually that would sort of entice me, because I, I at least had some passing familiarity with it, but I guess I'll go into a a synopsis of the story, and then me and Tony can discuss it. So the title of the story is From Gildespan with Doom. As invasion strikes, the alien alliance attempts to get a foothold near the Arctic Circle by sending the guild disband and their mercenaries as an occupying force. The chief concludes that this is where the Doom Patrol is most needed, and the team suits up for underwater combat. Having been slighted by the alliance in his attempt to gain membership, the Doom Patrol's old enemy, Gargwax, joins forces with the patrol, adding his team of sirens to their forces. The battle is already underway when they arrive and Aquaman is leading the Atlantean army against the invaders. Dane Dorrance and his Sea Devils are also present to contribute to the war effort. In open warfare, the three groups of fighters clobber the alien infantry through close combat. It's a dire battle full of many close encounters and the Atlanteans push through many enemy casualties. A large number of other creatures of the Deep are persuaded by Aquaman to join the struggle as well. Superior fighting and strong teamwork turn the tide into victory for the Protectors of the Earth, causing the Guild Disband to rethink their strategy. They plan to activate their ship's fusion reactor, incinerating the heroes at the cost of their own troops. The Sea Devils discover this deception while they're covertly attaching magnetic mines to the underside of the enemy craft. The heroes retreat to avoid the large blast, all with the exception of Celsius, who refuses to abandon her position. Still feeling distraught and distanced from her teammates, she is desperately trying to prove herself by attempting to shut the engine down with her cold powers, determined to do so no matter the cost. As the great blast explodes from the ship, she is engulfed in the explosion and dies. Cradling her lifeless corpse in the aftermath, Robot Man confirms she is indeed dead. The team doesn't understand why she felt the need to sacrifice herself, and are shocked by the senselessness of her death. Later back on dry land, after their strategic retreat, the Chief blames himself for not recognizing and diagnosing Celsius' mental state that led to her demise. The Doom Patrol grieves for the loss of their friend. Although the fight is not yet over, their actions have disabled the Gildespan command ship. This would have been impossible without the actions of Celsius. Even with their victory, the Chief advises they are still in a standoff with the Alien Alliance, so the team prepares for their next skirmish. And that, pretty much in a nutshell, is the summarized events from Doom Patrol issue number 17, mostly stolen from the DC wiki. So, I, I, I know you, you kind of mentioned this off-air before the call, but do, do you want to go into your your commentary on the, I guess, the, the width and breadth of this issue for you? The first thing I'll say is this is a pretty
1: dense issue, but it is not unenjoyable. It's not slow. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens. And so many guest stars, so many different players in this game, but of course it is a crossover. So we have the invasion. So we have this whole big thing going on. Yeah. We have like the sea devils forgot those guys existed. They're like undersea adventurers. They have this cool, like manner race, like submarine. Of course you have the Aquaman leading the Atlantean forces. My God, that movie has gotten into my head. I call him the Aquaman now. Shit. <laughs> and then, of course, you have the, the the main protagonist, because it is their book, the Doom Patrol. And this is definitely the 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 80s Doom Patrol. You have Robot Man, you have Lodestone, you have Celsius. She wasn't long for the book, but you know, she was a cool character. You have Scott, I forgot his last name, but he's Scott Fisher. Scott Fisher. He's explosive hands. You also have Joshua, who, or Josh, who was formerly known as Tempest, but he's, he's you know, not going by that now, he just goes by Josh. You, you have the negative woman, who uh, soon after this loses her powers, but you have all these, like, characters, and that's really cool. And, of course, you have, you know, Niles Calder. And just, a, it was a lot to read, but it was so interesting, and I forgot, like, you know, this this storyline, because there was a lot to digest because it was a really huge storyline. And you even get like, you know, some callbacks, other heroes fighting. We see Wonder Woman in like a panel, you know, it was like she doesn't speak or anything. And they're like, you know, we've had small victories, but nothing substantial. And it was, it was really enjoyably paced. And like, everybody got a moment to seem really cool. I really like appreciated that. Like, you know, everybody gets their moment to shine. Like, you know, the sea devils, they get to be cool. Uh, the Doom Patrol obviously has like a big impact on the story, but Aquaman, you know, before he was the guy with a hook for a hand, he was still pretty badass in this. He was fighting like, you know, all these alien entities who were trying to invade the Earth and stuff. It was, you know, I, I hate to say it because it sounds like really generalization of it. And we will definitely go more into depth about what happens and like, you know, the various beats we like more, but. What I think of an action-packed comic, this definitely fits that bill.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, this is—I uh, I think th- this is the kind of thing if, if that kind of pleases me the most because it's—it's it's got a lot of sort of cosmic, interstellar. You know, it deals with with at least five different alien races or, or species teaming up and and attacking the planet Earth of the DC universe, and then what ends up happening is it becomes this essentially all-out war, you know, the, the invasion storyline, you know, saw them attacking Australia and, and all parts of the world, like, there's actually a really cool, like, I have the original issue in front of me, and, like, there's a cool little, like, Daily Planet, like, article where it's, you know, it it basically, it's like this mock-up, you know, Daily Planet on one of the the sort of ad pages, and, you know, I imagine it was running as an ad in in all the comics that came out this month, you know, and it's got the little Daily Planet logo and the 35 cents, and the issue number is MXLLLV, you know, and it's got Invasion First Strike, and then it's got, like, these six different locations, which basically point to the various first strike tie-in issues. So I, I don't know if I can remember all this, but it's like you've got like the the South Pacific that tied into the firestorm issue, the, the New York City metropolis or New York City slash metropolis location, which tied into the, the justice league international issue and then you've got the the third location is paradise island so then i i think that partially ties into wonder woman and i think captain atom and then metropolis is listed in that as well so then you've got of course like you know the this you know superman issues of the time where like he's dressing up as Gangbuster and all that kind of stuff. And then I think the, the fourth location is the, the Arctic Circle, which is, of course, the issue we're reading. So maybe I'll just read that for a second. But it, it basically says for the Arctic Circle, scattered reports from the Arctic indicate that a member of the Doom Patrol has died in undersea combat against the detachment of the alien invasion force. According to reliable sources, the patrol... The Sea Devils and Aquaman and the Atlantean Army engaged the forces of the Aquatic Guild dishpan race beneath the Arctic ice cap, leading to the death of the as-yet-unnamed team member. So, yeah, and and anyway, I, I just thought that was kind of cool that, that that's one of the details involved in it. It's like, it's like a
1: live new, news feed. They don't know what's going on yet, yeah
0: yeah yeah they haven't quite caught up with everything like you said the the writing it, it, i mean it is it it is very dense but i I think it's it's well done you know like this is Paul Kupperberg's like a classic you know kind of comic writer you know and, and it seems like even though this is somebody's first issue and it was really my first issue of the doom patrol i mean i i think It does a good job of, it doesn't do the the Claremontian thing of like giving everybody a little like title card and telling you what their name is and what their powers are. But he does a good job of inserting all that. Into the story, you know, like if you didn't know who Gargowax was, like you figure out pretty quickly, like he's the arch nemesis of the Doom Patrol, and he's he's an he's slighted. <laughs> yeah, well, not only that, but he's 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 kind of like a fat alien kingpin or Java or something. But he's he's slighted by the other species that that started this invasion. Like in the actual ongoing invasion miniseries, he basically. Propositions to be invited into the alien alliance, and they laugh him away as like just a nothing. And so, because he's all you know pissed off over that, he basically proposes, as Mike would say, a a rival fusion between you know the Doom Patrol and himself. So he he goes to help them, you know, take out this invading force in you know in the Arctic Circle. You know, so I was going to ask
1: you, um, I, I am familiar with Invasion. Um, I do know, like the the main race that was the the kind of the uh thing, the Dominators. The dominators were like the main ones, and then you had like I, I believe the Cuns. Yeah, yeah. And then you had the Daxamites.
0: The Daxamites were observers, yeah, but they didn't actually like like in the in the, the second issue, some of them fought Superman. But then when when one of them started dying from lead poisoning, Superman actually takes him out of orbit to save his life and then after that the Daxamites were like not only are we not going to be neutral anymore we're actually going to help yeah. the planet earth and they kick could, off all these other And they kind of help turn to die too yeah yeah um, cuz it's basically
1: a plan of superman
0: <laughs> it was it was um I'm tr- the Thanagarians were part of the oh. the 5 and then it was the um Okarian Warlords, Okay, and then, um, so is that the five? Because it's the disband. Oh, oh, the Durlins mm. was the fifth. Because a lot of them were like Legion races that, that you know, I guess, current day DC conceivably... May not have met yet, but like a lot of these came from the Legion of Superheroes yeah, stories. Yeah, like, like the Dominators the, were first introduced in the Legion. The uh, the Durlins Dur- Durlins or the shape changers, the race uh, of chameleon boy comes from, yeah, 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 yeah. And so they're like the shape changers and everything, and so they're part of the the alliance. Um, yeah, so so and then you, and then of course the Thanagarians are you know Hawkman and and that kind of deal. But yeah, so you you've got this, and they, the the Guild of Span are kind of like. I don't know. I kind of think of them as like underwater, like spice skilled navigators yeah. from Dune. Like they they kind of look like two way turds or something that like float around in this little bubble. They're, but
1: they're, they're like fried pork rinds in a bubble. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But they're apparently like really good at tactical stuff. And uh, oh, they they certainly they certainly think very highly of themselves. I mean, that I guess that was part of it. Where you know, it's it's one of those kind of team ups where all these species are teaming together for what they consider to eradicate a necessary evil, but they they don't necessarily even get along amongst themselves either. They're just kind of teaming up to take on what they perceive to be the common thread of like Earth's metahuman population and everything. The the art is by Graham Nolan, who I pretty much came to know really well on his run with Chuck Dixon in Detective Comics, and he he did, like, one of my favorite graphic novels, which is the Joker one, The Devil's Advocate. Like, I, I thought that was great. Like, that's probably the, the peak of, well, I don't know. He, he probably did a lot of great things after that. I don't want to say, like, everything after that wasn't any good or anything, but I, I really enjoyed the, the Devil's Advocate, and that's that's one of my favorite things that he's done. But this is great in here. I mean, you know, the, the thing about this is, if it hadn't been for Aquaman on Storm, like the the seahorse like i don't know that i would have picked this up and what's kind of funny about that is i think this is one of storm's only like post crisis appearances oh, ever he, he wants do you know to, what i mean yeah, like I like, remember, like yeah. i think i think at this point it was still on the cusp where it was like oh well they're in the middle of a war and it's invasion and so i guess it was still considered okay to have aquaman riding a seahorse but i bet you like after a certain point, it's the powers that be probably yeah. decided, yeah. probably decided it wasn't as cool or something. But like, I I gotta admit, if 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 Aquaman wasn't riding Storm the Seahorse, I don't know that I would have ever bought this. And then I guess the other thing that's kind of wor- uh, noteworthy, which is, and it's kind of ironic for me, is this issue. Even though I liked it and I thought it was really cool, and it introduced me to the Sea Devils, who are kind of like an underwater challengers of the unknown i guess and and the doom patrol of the day and then you know and and all these different like teams and everything like i don't know that this this well one I, i i i have excuses for it but like just the fact of the matter is this issue did not inspire me to continue buying the doom patrol now i really like robot man i think he's like really cool and i've gone back you know now in my current reading career i've I've read quite a bit of all the various volumes of the doom patrol there's so but many incarnations that, yeah 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 there's there's a lot of different incarnations there's a lot of different creative teams i mean i i'd be willing to admit it, it, it's kind of let me put it this way it's it's kind of like now because justin's got me watching doctor who it's like i've at least seen an episode, if not multiple episodes of all the different doctors because of that. But I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm an expert. You know what I mean? Like there's some doctors where I haven't seen, you know, I might've only seen like two or three episodes of Sylvester McCoy or something. So I'm not, I wouldn't be an, I wouldn't be an expert, but at least I have enough familiarity that I, I know the difference between all of them. And it's kind of like the same thing with this. Like, like I've, I've read a lot of the early you know, my greatest hero, Doom Patrol type stuff. I know you read a lot of the Morrison issues, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because, and what's funny about that is that didn't happen for a while. Like, that's kind of what I was going to point out, because this issue starts to set that up, because with the the death of Celsius, and then in the subsequent issue, like, you've got uh, Scott Fisher dies, and then they put Lodestone into a coma, and all that stuff is, like, setting up, for Morrison's run to begin in issue 19. So they're only like two issues away from that run. And and it's kind of funny because it's like I was right on the cusp of that, but this I got from a quick stop. And I, I think part of my excuse is, like, I think once Morrison started doing it, I think it became a direct market book. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I just don't remember seeing the book very much until I went into comic shops. And by the time I was going to comic shops, I think Doom Patrol was a Vertigo book. Then, I, guess, I don't least... know
1: if it was the same run, but it did turn into a Vertigo
0: imprint. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think you know when when I was much younger, you know, like like probably around what eighty eight. So when when I read this, I would have been ten years old, and I think, but even you know, I still would have been like ten or eleven. And I I I think I I was never really I did not embrace Vertigo like I thought. You know, I, I guess it was marketed for adults, and I, maybe I just took it as it wasn't marketed to me, so I wasn't interested in it. I guess I don't know. Like, like that—that's kind of how I took it.
1: Well, I mean, like, so I mean, a, a lot of its yeah.
0: covers for
1: go were very artsy fartsy. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: as,
1: as as a younger reader, while as an adult, you could appreciate the art quality and be like, "Oh my god, that's like a really beautiful like you know layout and everything." As a kid, it's like. You know, not to
0: sound immature, but we were kids. We were immature. It's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> well, th- there there was that aspect to it. And I think, you know, I, I don't know that I would have understood or appreciated it or whatever. Like, I, I think a lot of that stuff, I mean, even, even things like. Like, Walk- like Crazy Jane or Dorothy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I got to be honest. When When I first read the whole Morrison run, it was probably maybe, I don't know seven or eight years ago, like when we were doing, it was probably 2012, like I did it for one of these podcasts, you know, and, and, and and I read an arc for the podcast, but I kept reading the whole Morrison run, you know, until, until it ended. So, I mean, and that was the first time I had read it from start to finish. I mean, I had read a lot of other Morrison stuff, but I had just, you know, because of what I described to you. I mean, you know, I, the other thing that's ironic is I did go back because of this issue. I did go back when I was getting into artists and Steve Lytle did the first, I think four or five issues of this volume yeah, of Doom Eric Patrol. And, the then, and then, and then Eric Larson. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Larson did some volumes after that. And because, because Superman was in issue 10, like things like that, I went back and bought the back issues of, you know, it, basically I, I probably had at some point, you know, issues one through, you know, 17 or something like that but i just i never went on and did the the morrison thing like i was like oh what would they do to robot man he's got a leather jacket and what's going on and all that stuff and i think you know of course later you know you you guys can listen to the the older episode of fan halls where we do a dare and i i read it and everything but i I mean i enjoyed it you know when i read it at the time but i think probably at 10 years old i I probably wasn't ready and now it's kind
1: of hard to think of robot man without that
0: jacket right (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. Exactly. I don't know. I guess I guess that's just some of the things that that I thought were worth going into, but like I, you know, yeah, it is interesting that this is this is a doom patrol that again kind of fits the name of the doom patrol. I mean, you know, you had the original doom patrol that all died and then yeah, you know these guys, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, it's like you know, Celsius dies, and then you know, Scott Fisher, who I guess is supposed to have been called Blaze, but was like never called Blaze, like is not long for this world. You know, so it's like a lot of them are are equally doomed and everything. So you've got you've got that going on with it. Yeah, but but, they, but they're also I not mean, expendable.
1: They're they're important characters. They're given like arcs and stuff. It's not just like you know, oh, here's this this girl or this guy with a power like even in this issue you like you see Scott Fisher is having trouble controlling his powers and and Celsius is having like almost a mental breakdown more or less
0: yeah yeah i you know i i think what's interesting about that is paul cupperberg created a lot of these new doom patrol characters but he was also assigned the task of clearing the ground for Morrison to take over. So I'm sure there were discussions of, well, what characters do you want to keep and yeah. what, you know, and he might've said like, okay, well, I still want robot man. You know, we still want, you know, Joshua Tempest in the background yeah. and, and then, and then, and then of your characters, like, I'm not really interested in, you know, Scott Fisher and I don't need Celsius. It's like, but that Lodestone girl might be interesting. Why don't you, why don't you put her in a coma and I'll see what I can yeah, do Yeah, She turned her. it to you know? The,
1: the, the pupa.
0: Yeah, so so I mean, the, you know, the, the, it's it, 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 I think the vibe you got that that these are all important characters and that people, you know, the the team cares for one another within the context of this story. I think is also the care that their creator is giving them, even when he's sending them off. If that makes any sense, like it's not it's not a it's not supposed to be a send off for shock value. It's not it's not like Mark Millar's just, you know, writing some character he didn't create and, and wholesale executing them. You know, it's like they're they're kinda getting sent off you it, know it, with
1: there is shock value, but the shock value is because you actually give a shit that they died. It's not just
2: because
0: mm.
1: oh dead people. Yeah. 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 Well I well I well one thing I, I am familiar with about Doom Patrol, I am not a huge fan of Doom Patrol. I do like the concept. I have read some of it. I probably read more of the Grant Morrison run than you probably did originally because I did like the RC 4 like uh covers when I was younger. One thing the uh Doom Patrol has always been called is the world's strangest superhero team.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they they definitely they usually definitely fulfill that mandate, you know, whenever they get together. I mean I mean Morrison especially, but but I mean, even even before that, they were they were definitely going for that. So
1: yeah, they're 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 not like you know the
0: Fantastic Four or the Avengers. They,
1: you know, I mean, like uh, you know, like even Robot Man, even back in the day, like you know Cliff Steele. He's a guy who's kind of like the thing, as he hates that he's a robot, but he's also like it's it's hard to quantify that character because I think he and and marvel fanboys don't hate me i think he's a better thing than the thing
0: yeah well i mean they they're they're both they're both good characters but i i see what you're saying like they're they it's kind of like that that gruff every man type but they're trapped in a form that they're unused to that that's not theirs i mean they they but they both kind of have this this heart of gold underneath all that and even though they get angry sometimes because of their own situation they usually do their best to, to help other people that are around them usually their their quote-unquote family which in, in their case is going to be you know the fellow members of the fantastic four or the fellow members of the doom patrol stuff like that
1: yeah and, and then they're like uh, even in this issue even though it was not into the morrison run yet you, you started to, you already started to get that uh disconnect with uh code because Celsius was not called Celsius in this at all.
0: Yeah, they 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 seem to call a lot of people by their their real civilian names rather than using many code names.
1: Yeah, because because Robot Man actually got you know kind of annoyed at the uh, uh, Gargulax minion, one of the sirens, which he's like, you know, you know, come along, Robot Man, we must do this. And he was like, you know, he he was already not fond of Gargulax for obvious reasons. But he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I know we got to get this done." But hey, don't call me Robot Man. You know, it's like already there. He's like, you know, they're 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 dividing that line, you know. And Scott Fisher, yeah, he's never called Blaze. He's never called Blaze. And and Josh, he he had given up the Tempest name long before this issue, actually. So that that's kind of interesting, you know. And like even Niles Calder, they they still call him Chief, but I wouldn't say that's a code name. I'd say that's more like a nickname. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's just like, hey, he's cheap. You know, it was like, you know, Robot Man is a code name. You know, I, I think it is interesting though because whereas Doom Patrol does really skew out of the DC universe, even in their their own book, where it's a Vertigo imprint, but they still have ties to the DC universe. You know, because I mean, Sandman, Hellblazer, I mean, those are still DC characters. They're not just Vertigo characters. It it is a little bit interesting to see like. You know, even though this had happened for many years before this, before, like, the Morrison run, like, it, it is interesting to see Robot Man and the team, because I always consider Cliff Steele the heart of the, the
0: the entire team. Well, I mean, he, he seems to be the one main constant in, in all of these, you know, reboots or, or reconfigurations of, of the team.
1: Yeah, even if he's not in the first issue, he'll show up later, you know, he's been destroyed a couple of times it was weird seeing them work with aquaman or like the sea devils you know like you probably i mean you probably get this in later iterations like you know they did, they did have more of a superhero veneer to them i
0: guess in this this issue yeah and and i i think in the issues previous to this i mean i i guess there's some you know criticism over that that they're, that, that this version of the doom patrol And and the version that Kupferberg created before that with just, you know, Celsius and Tempest and those guys, like, maybe wasn't as, what's the right word, wasn't as, you know, strange and unusual, you know, as as the original intent of the Doom Patrol was meant to be. But, you know, I, I think... Grant Morrison more than, like, doubles down on that. So I think I think it balances itself out, right? Like, it's fine. And it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, you're talking about how, you know, certain DC properties, you know, became part of the Vertigo imprint. But even in this issue, like, you see the groundwork for all this stuff. It's like, Doom Patrol is not yet a Vertigo title. And, and in this issue, there's an ad for Sandman, and that is... A mature readers dc comic yes. but like you say it's still it still started out as a dc comic and you know i haven't read all of sandman but i've read enough of it to where you know i remember batman and dr destiny and and psycho pirate and john constantine and guys like that you know showing up in the early issues of sandman who was obviously influenced by the dc golden age sandman to begin with right who,
1: who showed up as well yeah
0: Yeah, so so you know it's it's that that's how it started out, you know. So so in that sense, it's it's cool to see, you know, like I I I don't know, I I've always liked it when when those characters are all part of the the DC universe proper and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't forget your roots. You know, you could do your own thing, but like, yeah, you know, know where you came from. I guess is what you would say. Yeah, yeah. And, And of course, like you know, after a certain time. Especially in the 90s, even today, honestly, I'm not going to lie, there is crossover fatigue where it's just like, ugh, doing another crossover. And and there's been great crossovers, there's been terrible crossovers, and, uh, you know, your mileage may vary. But like you know, I, I think Invasion was pretty fucking solid.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, uh, uh, to me, I'm I'm obviously quite biased. I mean, to me, it's like you know, you never forget your first, and I, I think that one was one of my big first like real time crossovers that I was you know getting as it was coming out, and I thought it was like the greatest thing ever. But I, I think it holds up really well. I mean, I think I think most of the tie-ins make sense. It's it's you know essentially it's a a wartime miniseries and and an event, and then it makes sense that you know the tie-ins all deal with different locations of the invasion on the planet. So it, I mean, it it just you know it, by design it makes sense that you would have all these. Events spilling into other titles because it's as massive as to affect the entire planet, and then you know you can deal with those incursions you know in different locations, you know you know across the globe. Yeah, I look at it this way: in the Arrowverse
1: on CW, have we had zero hour? No. Have we had like you know uh, time or whatever, whatever it's called? Like have we had all these various other You know, things happen. Yes, we're going to get Crisis on the Infinite Earth next year, but one of the ones they did was Invasion. Yeah. In their their version, of course, but it was still Invasion, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's,
1: that's, that is true. So apparently the the narrative was so good that like it made for an interesting story. So, like, yeah, definitely. I I was going to go back to the art uh, because you did mention that you really enjoyed it. I am not going to take a hard line because what we're going to do next. Woo! Raked over the coals. I think the art is very serviceable, but at the same time, there's so many characters.
0: Well, I think I think also to be fair, this is 1988, Graham Nolan. I mean, yeah. it, it, this is this is very early in his career as far off as comic. I'll say goes. that nobody looks off yeah. model. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying. I mean, if, if you have criticisms, it's probably fine. I just you know, I, the, my my main defense would be, I, I mean, I think, you know, the, the 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 style that he would grow into, I think, really took hold in detective comics. And that was, you know, during the 90s. So it's like, yeah, you know, this is, you know, this this is to me a few years before that. So I'm, I'm just saying like, and, and even, even given that, I mean, I think look at, I mean, this is, you know, this is George Perez level, like number of characters to have to deal yeah, with. No, yeah, and I think, yeah. I, 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 I think some people, you know, would f- definitely fail or falter under that kind of story, you know, or, or set But I mean, I, I think, I,
1: I, I think he drew a great Aquaman. I love his Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Robot Man looked a little bit off
0: sometimes. Um, let me put it this way: like, you know, it's I, I have nothing against Eric Larson, but you know, I, I I I I'm glad it was Graham Nolan doing this than than Eric Larson.
1: Well, I, I think with Eric Larson, it would have been more punchy. It would have been more like mm-hmm. in your face. Mm-hmm. But as much as I like Eric Larson, I think he's a very talented artist. I don't know if he could have done the sequential storytelling to the degree that we saw it here. I'll, I'll say that,
0: you know, like, because
1: everything did flow really well.
0: And I, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe Paul Kupperberg works in the full script method, or, you know, I, I don't really know, you know, what the arrangement was or whatever. But I, I will say, too, that there are two distinct splash pages in this issue, and, and both are done for dramatic effect in the story they're not again designed to you know i don't know sell on the aftermarket or just be like poster pinups that look cool it's like the 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 first splash page has the atlantean army you know congregating on the guild disband ship where you know that and then the 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 notion is you know, oh, there's 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 some kind of force headed towards us, but there it's hopeless. They they can't stand against us. It's like how much danger can they be? And of course, uh, what the minute they say that, you see the splash page of all these, you know, you, you know, they're like great gods, you know, water breathers attacking from the sea, you know, and it's like all these Atlantean troops, like just. Bombarding them and everything, and it looks really, really cool. And then, and then, of course, the, the the dramatic impact of Celsius's death.
1: That was a really good death scene. And you know what's really crazy about it is, is Robot Man obviously has well, Cliff steel has an emotional light reaction to it, which is great. The writing is really solid. I have no problem with the writing, like I said. But you don't really see a mangled, bloody, dis- gross corpse you just see a lifeless body and that's just almost more impactful you don't need to see the gore you know
0: yeah yeah well and 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 again this is you know for all intents and purposes you know it's it's a code approved book so this is not i mean that that's part of the whole transition of of this type of book to vertigo because obviously those were not code approved books you know so it's like you know they, they were definitely trying to keep it to where you know any kid could pick this up and read it and and get the impact of and the seriousness of the death but not maybe necessarily be exposed to objectionable you know violence or sex or you know whatever ends up being in a, a non-code approved book after that point
1: yeah there, there was there was like kind of a key scene though speaking of sex no sex happens. Don't worry.
0: Are you are you shipping Lodestone
1: and and Aqua Lad? Is that what's going on, Tony? I, I'm not shipping it, but it was a cute moment. Because Lodestone, was yeah, great yeah, great great was anyway. Nice. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's like, what did she say? Something about get, hey you know, make sure you yeah. get my digits. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like totally. Yeah, he <laughs> was like.
1: Yeah, it, 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 you see that kind of stuff is like
0: it's like an Aqualad never got her digits and she became comatose. Yeah, and it turned into a weird, freaky, deaky Grant Morrison blue cupcake thing. The end
1: But 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 it was a lighthearted moment that actually makes sense though. It's like we're gonna die, and like you know, like at least I can hit on this cute guy for a minute, you know, and like you
0: know, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got gotcha.
1: you. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, to go into the I guess deep dives, which you would know more than I would about apparently, like, Celsius was entangled with Niles Calder. Like, there was a subplot going on there. And, like, you know, it is really nice that, like, even in this big invasion storyline, that they were still able to hit that storyline and make a dramatic point of it. Yes, she died in invasion, but her death is more effective to the doom patrol like if that makes sense it's like her death means more to them than her death in the invasion storyline
0: if that makes sense oh yeah 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 that's that's absolutely true and I, i i think even when this book started i don't even you know at the time i think everybody thought you know the chief or niles calder was dead and then you know she comes in you know, claiming to be his long lost wife and trying to you know start the team and and take over his estate and all this stuff, and it was like, whoa, 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 so, like, there there was always that kind of, I don't know, disconnect with, with that whole thing for for the the other characters that you know were on the team and stuff like that but you know i uh, i mean overall like this this was something i i have a lot of fond memories of you know i i like i said i think i think the main reasons why i initially picked it up were because of aquaman and storm and aqualad and then invasion for strike and and you know i i ha- i was not disappointed when i read it but i think i think any other issues that I may or may not have encountered whether it was going in reverse or not. I mean, y- you say it's dense. I, I, you know, for me, I, I kind of think it's awesome. Like, like just, it's like Aquaman, and It's
1: not dense in a bad way. It tells you what
0: you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, to to me, it's just like, Oh, like it, I guess it's that, that notion of, I was, you know, I was new enough to comics to where all these characters teaming up together was new and exciting. And it was like, you know, yeah, I'm paying a dollar for a comic, but look at how many, you know, look at how many heroes I'm getting, you know, what? it's like, essentially, it's like, it's like, what, like, three teams, you know, like, sort of, right, it's like Aquaman, Aqualad, and the Atlantean Army is one team, and then the Sea Devils is one team, and then, the you know, the headliners of the, the title, the Doom Patrol, and you're just like, this is, this is super cool, like, you get, like, so much, you know, jam-packed into one book and it's super awesome so yeah I'm, well I, I, I told you yeah. when i was reading it
1: like you know i am i am very familiar with the dc history even if i haven't read all these characters you know i i i, I try to be aware of a lot of things that are happening because you never know when a crossover is going to happen so you want to be familiar with all these things and like i was telling you when i was reading this i was like oh hey i know them oh hey i know them oh hey i know them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah. I clap. I guess maybe you know. Like, yeah. You you should tell the listeners what you said to me about War and Peace, though, and then we can transition into the the your your issue. I think.
1: Yeah, because I, I mean, I I did pick my issue, and I I do think it it is enjoyable for what it is. But yes, yeah, reading this issue of Doom Patrol was like reading War and Peace compared to reading the next book we're gonna read, which was like reading a brochure.
0: <laughs> Act now
1: Yeah, Get your complete set would you, would you like to read my newsletter? We can send it to you for free Good
0: afternoon Mr. President Sorry I've been away so long I won't let you down again
2: It's
1: finally here Coming to the Fire and Water Podcast Network
2: General
0: Would you care to step
1: outside? It's Superman 2 Movie Minute. Chris Franklin and Rob Kelly are back to discuss 1980's Superman 2, five minutes at a time.
3: Superman faces his toughest challenge when he squares off against Lex Luthor and three villains from the planet Krypton. Superman
1: 2 Movie Minute, proud member of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Man, this
2: is going to be good.
1: Gosh. Uh, I guess I I should go into it, huh, Derek?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it.
1: All right. My book... You know, I'm ready for the hate. As far as what's going to go ha- go down, is X Force number one, the ongoing series by Rob Liefeld as the artist. The cover date is August 1991. It is drawn by the extremely talented artist Rob Liefeld, written by Fabian Nicieza. How do you say his name? You say it better than I do.
0: Nicieza,
1: Fabian Nicieza, who is actually a very good writer, so no hate on him. This was picked up at a spinner rag by me. Even though it was still in the uh polybag with an exclusive X Force card with cable.
0: Yeah, this was this was the era, man. There were there were five different trading cards in this and they were all polybagged and we were all stupid. Well, I don't know. I was definitely stupid. Like, many of us were stupid and bought, like, all five of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You to get all the cards, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it had to get all the cards, even though it was the same fucking comic. It's like, oh, this sold, like, you know, a billion copies. It's like, yeah, because we all bought, like, five of them. That's why it sold a billion copies, but whatever. Anyway.
1: I, I, will, I will go to a short synopsis from my brains, because unlike Derek, who does research, I like to go off the cuff. We we encounter the X Force going to the Antarctic. They're going to infiltrate the Mutant Liberation Front base. They storm in and and do some live belt shit. Big muscles everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they do life belt shit
1: big muscles everywhere lots of fighting cable is i guess commanding his troops they kind of do their own thing shatterstar encounters the the first wave of non fodder troops that cable calls them the 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 liberation fodder we have reaper wildside forearm, somebody else i don't know fuck okay. uh, it kamikaze kamikaze yeah he doesn't do shit that's why i forgot him our good, our good friend Shatterstar, who, who is actually from the same dimension as Longshot, they have a, a brutal fight where Shatterstar cuts off his hand. But he does not kill him, because that's not what he do. He'll just let you bleed out, I guess.
0: But <laughs> 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 the, the morality in this is not only questionable, it's like super confusing. To, but we'll, we'll discuss that later.
1: Yeah yeah, 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 I don't get it. Unfortunately, Cable... Despite all his tactical knowledge and being a military man, is caught into the forearms of forearm, the the most literally named villain I guess ever, because he's got four arms. But it's okay though, because Thunderbird's younger brother, Warpath, is able to deliver a knockout punch. Because that guy gets bigger and stronger every day. Yo, the the uh, MLF is. Reeling, they can't take down these guys. Sparrow takes on Wildside, and he's kind of the Joker, kind of a Jim Carrey saber tooth. He's making really bad jokes. I I, I, I I have some issues
0: with with Wildside, but we'll get into. It.
1: Yeah, uh, he he's got the same hairstyle as Sparrow. I guess they got the same barber. And she she managed to take him out by by breaking his jaw. Which, honestly, his jokes really were shitty, so... Okay, fair enough. He, she doesn't kill him, though. But, ooh, if you give me a minute, I will. Feral is the 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 wild card of X4. She, she is not um, against killing or anybody else on the team, just depending on if it's Tuesday. I don't know. But they're here for Strife, the leader of the MLF. But a couple of exposition quotes and... Cable saying, we don't kill, but I'm gonna kill you! There you go. That's that's,
0: that's what you have a tough time wrapping around, Yeah, I
1: was like, wait, you just said we don't kill, but you're just like, oh, I'm gonna kill him!
0: Well, well, well Cable's exact words are, you, you can kill in self-defense, but not for sport, and basically he's saying, don't kill this guy, and then all of a sudden, Stripe shows up, and he's like, you're dead! End Perfect. of story! You know, and I'm just like, well, wait a minute, you're just telling Farrell not to do that shit. Like, he's clearly not, uh, you know, that's not in He's leaving. Right? <laughs> it's like he's trying to go away. Like, what? I don't
4: understand.
1: Yeah, Zero, who we find out later in the series, no spoilers, who gives a shit, is a robot who can teleport. That's how that works. But it's a win for X-Force, I guess. So we, we, we go to... God, it's so convoluted how everything goes down. I'll, I'll just go how I remember it. We, we, we encounter GW Bridge, who, who's talking about stuff in the Antarctic at some point. But our main thing is going to the Trask compound, where X-Force is now making their their hidey hole. And they've, they've upgraded it. It's, it's looking pretty cool and everything. They have Cannonball talking to Cable, and he's like, hey... You know subjective ideas and he's like hey yeah i know i know how things go i don't kill people because i want to i just do it because i have to and shut up and he's like i respect you more every day like all right you have a bad father figure image of him so domino comes down and she's like you know what you do And, and he's been working on like their transport and suddenly cable has telekinetic powers. This is the first time I think we've seen that. Maybe not sure. Yeah, and, you're right. And he's he's he's. he's uh, yeah. For now, we, we were not aware that
0: he had telekinesis.
1: Yeah, and he's like, make it light work. You know, he's like, he's like, well, don't tell everybody this. It's like that's terrible. You know, they'll find out about you. And he's like, just after saying to Sam, all you had to do was ask. I'll tell him what I need to tell him. I'm like, what the fuck are you on, dude? Then we get a nice little side story with Roberto de Costa, who was previously known as Sunspot, but he's joined his—I don't know
0: Tinder roommate. I don't know, it was like Gideon. Well, he, he's supposed to—he's supposed to be his his mentor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I—I I don't know. They—they were trying to go for something. I—I I always felt like this was never quite.
1: It's supposed to be a brother brother relationship,
0: but yeah. Yeah, but he's he's supposed to kind of be like the evil, nefarious, kind of scheming older brother type where, they, uh, you know, one of the issues in New Mutants I always liked was the issue where they had Magneto come back after sort of going bad and acts of vengeance and all the New Mutants were sort of upset that, you know, somebody who was their headmaster is now, you know, running around being evil again. And Magneto has this really cool line where he's kind of like, you know, oh, you know, one day you'll all see my point of view. You know, you'll all come and join me, you know. And and Bobby, you know, is like, I'll never, you know, I'll never join you. You're crazy. And he's like, you boy, you will be the first, you know. And, and then it made him even more pissed off. And, like, even though that never happened because I really wanted it to happen just because it was a cool line, you know, but I, I, I always kind of took it as, roberto going down this road with gideon is kind of fulfilling that prophecy yeah you know like sort of sort of going down a darker road than than the other new mutants ever would have yeah they turn into the rainfire later
1: nobody gives a shit remember rainfire he was on a pog but the the whole idea is gideon is a businessman first and foremost so they're going to the i can't remember his name the
0: the junk off Dunkak? Oh, Air, Ariana Yonkos. Yonkos, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, right? buyout. Yeah, it's, it's got a J, but I'm, I'm guessing it's Ariana Yonkos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're going to buy out her company. And they arrive, and Gideon
1: is, is smarmy with the uh, receptionist, secretary, assistant, whatever. And Roberto's like, no, no. They enter the boardroom, and she's already got guards, and also Black Tom. Because why not? Why not? And he affords them. we got, we got we to set up
0: that X-Force 3 Spider-Man team up. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah,
1: yeah, that's coming later, yeah. couple issues. Black Tom, if any of our listeners don't know, is frequently paired up with his good friend Kane Marco, the Juggernaut. And he's also Xavier's, not Xavier's, but Banshee's cousin. You, you'll you have that. He affords them that they're going to do a hostile not-takeover rebuttal, <laughs> I guess.
0: Well, it's like, I guess to prevent her company from being taken over, they're now taking them hostage and, like, trying to basically extort money from other people so her company doesn't go under, however that works. I mean, I don't know how that's legal, but okay.
1: Yeah, we'll yeah, have that so, you know, that that's where we're leaving this clip. It's like the,
0: the Federal Trade Commission's like, yeah, that's
1: totally cool. Yeah.
0: Like, they they extorted some money and they, they paid off their debts. It's fine.
1: Buyout, terrorist, hostage situation. Totally cool. Yeah, yeah. Money's fine.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's cool.
1: And then we do go back to GW Bridge, and he, he's at the Antarctic base, and, you know, the, he's getting all the info, the intel. He's a shield operative at this point. He, he talks to Nick Fury.
2: You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Lightfield
1: doesn't draw bad Nick Fury. Granted, he doesn't have any feet in this like image, so that's probably why.
0: Well, he had he had some experience with that. What if Wolverine was an agent of Shield? Which is actually a pretty good issue. So yeah, exactly. So you know, like, like
1: he's not too bad with Fury. Fury does give GW Bridge. By the way, his name is George Washington Bridge.
0: Fuck off. <laughs> um. <laughs> Lit. See, I, I, I have mixed feelings about this. Like I, I kinda think like, you know, the the six pack as they'll come to be known are a bunch of goofy ass characters, which you know, GW is a member of. But there there was that weird part of me that was thinking of you know, the ultimate's Nick Fury and like the cinematic Nick Fury, you know, played by Sam Jackson. And then just thinking, if they ever introduced like GW in the cinematic universe it kind of like diffuses like because I I feel like you know other than you know Gabe from you know the the Howling Commandos who went on to become an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I was like I I feel like GW is like the most prominent black S.H.I.E.L.D. member I could think of and then I was just like oh well but now that doesn't matter because you know, Sam Jackson, you know, like, so I was like, oh, well, and, and part of me was thinking, oh, that, that's probably too bad. And then the other thing I thought of was when they, cause for a long time, we're talking about like Vertigo and, and DC and how they sort of separated their characters and everything. Like for a long time, the, the Punisher titles kind of just got, you know, put into this, you know, Marvel Max, you, you know, much like the Vertigo stuff, like its own little separate. You know, kind of. I don't know. Uh, mature readers imprint Same or whatever universe, you want to call it. Imprint. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, to some degree, that once they were in those Max books, it was almost like it was a separate universe because kind of like Marvel Knights. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not not even just like an imprint, like completely separate in the sense that like Punisher did not typically interact with. Was that you one? know the other the, the one other elements like of? No, no, that, I guess what I'm getting at is, that, you know, he, he fought human traffickers, he fought, you know, criminals, like, you know, but he was not going to go after, like, say, the Kingpin, or, uh, you know, the Owl, or, you know, he wasn't going to, like, walk down the street and bump into Psycho Man from the Fantastic Four or something. It, it's it like was like they, the they Nolan kept... Batman, where Batman can be Batman had have
1: Batman villains, but he's not going to fuck with Superman.
0: Right, and and they they were just keeping him in his own little corner pocket and everything, and when at some point I, it was right around when Mark Millar was doing like Civil War or whatever, like like that they they sort of reintegrated Punisher back into the Marvel universe, and he had an ongoing title, and I remember again, I I guess I'm a sucker for that, like even even if I like. You know, it's like even if I like the Mike Grell Green Arrow, I, I was kind of a sucker for when they finally sort of tried to reintegrate him back into DC proper, where it was like, oh, you know, now Green Arrow is going to like fight Shrapnel, and you know Deadline and like all the you know just basically all these like kind of you know comic villain. you know comic book villains, yeah. And and so so you know they they, they made this big thing with I think it was like gabriel Delato like was he, he's like a painted artist and they they did this it was i think it was like a punisher war journal comic and i followed it and, you know I, I i remember thinking it was kind of cool and the, the painted art was cool and and like he you know he like he would fight like stilt man in one issue and basically they were trying to establish like he's back in you know marvel proper right because yeah. you've seen all these outlandish Guys, you know, I think he fought with a rhino in one issue. Like, you know, basically, like there, there were a lot of things that were going on where Frank Castle was, you know, actively engaging with, you know, Marvel Universe supervillains and well, stuff. Marvel. But oh, the, the, you would say, yeah, and 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 the, the, even though this is kind of a long-winded way to get there, but the reason why I bring it up is the person who's hunting Frank Castle down in that series G-G-W-3. is Gw Bridge, <laughs> and and. It's a total reimagining of the character because he's he's plain clothes. He doesn't have all these goofy pouches, yeah, say, it, 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 shoulder pads, it, it is, and all this stuff. His armor is
1: yellow and red. He looks like Ronald McDonald.
0: And and in in that he looks more like James Earl Jones or something, or like or imagine like James Earl Jones and and Ernie Hudson kind of like fused together, sort of he, like like just a good cop. He, yeah, well, I mean, he's he's a little big, but you know, he's 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 suited. He's plain clothes. He, he looks kind of like a federal agent or a detective. But you know, it. Oh, I no, don't know. Anyway, I, yeah, yeah, and and I guess I I guess that's just a long winded way of saying you can even make like lemons, or you can even make lemonade out of lemons. You know what I mean? Like if 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 this if this Ronald McDonald Looking version of GW Bridge is the lemon like 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 somebody eventually did make lemonade out of it, and I thought it was really good. So that's that's all that's all I was saying. Yeah,
1: and and the character isn't bad. He, he wants to hunt down Cable. He thinks he's a a possible threat. And you know he has a history with him that we'll find out more as the series goes on. He's not a bad character. Just. Man, that's a terrible name. But well, this this ends though. Does this, this first issue where we're getting a, a new X Men subline of uh, a team, the the more I guess you would say hardcore and maybe take no prisoners, depending on what issue or what panel. I don't know. Fuck, kill sometimes, but only let me kill if I want to kill. God, he was Arrow before Arrow was Arrow. It ends with yeah, he was totally he was totally Arrow. Yeah, right. D W Bridge says. We're gonna call it Department K and Weapon X, and you think you know what's gonna happen? <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, that guy's name is fucking Kane. He's got a fucking God. He's got a... He's got a fucking fan for a hand. He's like, oh, he's gonna cool me off. Nice. Okay. Sorry about okay, ruined so, you too, so, but
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so, so we we've kind of gotten through the. Uh... The, the escapades of what happens in issue one. So to start with, I just wanna say Life is pretty famous for swipes, so I, I can't let this slide, this was something I did this was something I didn't realize for a long time, but the first two pages are actually like the layout is shamelessly stolen from like the new Teen Titans thirty nine. Yeah. So if you if you if you look like m- most of the panels are not like one for one, but like the the Titans are, are about to bust in on I, I think it was like the high or, the or high. something like that, and 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 so the the image of Cable like yelling is like an image of like Dick Grayson going like Go Titans or you know whatever the fuck he says right, and then and then that opening double splash page with all the X Force folks like they, I mean it's not. Again, it's not one-for-one for, one for everybody, but like Cable's kind of in the same pose as as Robin, Dick Grayson, and especially Feral looks kind of like she's almost flying around like Starfire is flying around, and then everybody else is kind of strategically positioned, and I wouldn't say is identical, but the layout is definitely aped from that issue.
2: Yeah,
1: it, it, it's definitely a, a roster uh, image, yeah.
0: And then I guess the other thing that I'm going to yell and scream about is this is that era that it's the beginning of that era where they have these mutants like Exodus that drive me up the fucking wall because not only do I not know what their mutant power is, they have like multiple mutant powers. Like, and it just, I don't know. What I mean, is, I get it. That? They right. had, yeah, what is he? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, Wildside is not only is he a saber tooth type, you know, guy with like claws and senses and all this other stuff, but like supposedly, like the reason why he has all the clown bullshit, I guess, is like he's some kind of like low level telepath who hypnotizes and confuses his opponent. You know, like, like I guess you're supposed to be like distracted by him because he he'll, he'll he, bring he out makes the Wildside. Yeah, it's like he, he makes you, like, all, like, you know, kooky, kookadoo or some shit, but because he's got some kind of, you know, projection, you know, limited range projection that makes you, you know, like, trip out or yeah, something like that, I and I'm just like... yeah. But then, yeah, that's that's kind of, like, my problem is, like, I mean, I know later Morrison introduced the concept of secondary mutations, and I guess you could attribute it to that, but I, I don't know, it's just, like, it's annoying to me, because I'm like, well, pick a power, like, why, why, it's like, how can you have, like, seven powers and stuff like that? And to be perfectly honest, like, I was trying to figure this out, and then it drove me crazy, because I was like, well, what are Reaper's powers exactly? He's got a simple is that his power
1: he's got a fucking sickle
0: <laughs> well yeah he's he's got the scythe or something like i but and then and then he's he's supposed to be an albino i guess like i, is that I you a know point? i don't I'm,
1: sorry i'm a ginger is that my power <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't get it, like, I'm not really sure, and then, and then I tried to research it, but because he lost his powers during M-Day, where, like, Scarlet Witch said, no more mutants, the damn entry says he doesn't have powers anymore, and then they don't tell you what his fucking powers are! So I was like, I don't know, dude, I don't know what his fucking powers are, I give up. Let, let, let's give it up to Forearm,
1: he has four arms and he's really strong, that's it.
0: And 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 we know what his power is. He has four arms, so I'm I'm totally cool with that. I I also want to say I don't know what the hell Shatterstar cut off on that page where he chops off Reaper's hand, okay. hey, but it's like that hand has like two pinkies on either side, and there's no thumbs. Like that's, what that's the fuck the is going He's on? Cut off. He has like eight fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Like. What is going on with that hand? Oh, it's like it's like he it, it, Rob Liefeld started drawing the the right hand being cut off, and then realized he drew him cutting off like the left hand, and then quickly yeah. like just ended up drawing two pinkies instead of one, and then it makes me even more confused. So I don't I don't know. And
1: you know what? I I hate to say this, listeners, just just bear with me. Deal deal with like the truth I'm putting out here, Stripe has a, I guess, a a aide named Thumbelina, who, as far as I can tell, her
0: mutant power is to be a short, fat midget. I think she, like, bounces around or something. Like, I think she's supposed to be, like, Bouncing Boy or something. Okay, well, that'd that'd be okay. okay. I I, think that I I don't I don't know this for a fact I did not look it up I didn't look it up and find out that Scarlet Witch took away her powers so she has no powers so we're not going to tell you what her actual powers are like with Reaper but <laughs> but I I think her power is to like you know to to, to bounce around
1: and, and 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 to your point why why I forgot him. Kamikaze apparently has the same powers as Cannonball. He's he's a blastin'.
0: Oh, I'm I'm in I'm invulnerable.
1: When I'm a blasting. Yeah, but he doesn't. He didn't That's do shit. Power. And I'm like, why? He seems well,
0: to they, the most powerful. Why he didn't do shit? <laughs> they they totally like, they like the minute he shows up with the 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 mutant liberation front four. Like you never like he disappears after that. Like like not even not even like. He disappears on the same page, Tony. Yeah, like, they never miss him again. It's like, he he's in panel two, and by panel four, at the end of the page, he's gone. Like, and he never comes back. It's like, it's like Kamikaze <laughs> is fucking Wild Side's imaginary friend.
1: He's there, it is mine, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but yeah. And then, dude, can I ask this? Like, this is this is like so they can uh pretend like there's backgrounds in this issue. Like, what do you think of like the like Empire Strikes Back like computer layout backgrounds, like with all the different like like colors to to feign that there's a background? Do like, really you know what I'm talking about? I mean, yeah, or or or, or it's like it's like. It's like what you they reading? have what's that game? the 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 one the electronic game? Is it Simon Says? Simon, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Simon. Right? Like it looks like they have like a wall of like he Simon buttons blocks, <laughs> yeah, or some shit. Like and and then and then those are like all over the place. So it kind of looks like it, it looks like the rain. like, imagine if like the the in Bespin, like when. Luke's walking up the stairwell to Darth Vader, but imagine they're like all different kinds of colors instead of just orange or whatever. Like that's kinda what the backgrounds look like. And I was just like I mean, I get it. It's a cool way to pretend like they drew a background, but yeah. I was just like oh. I guess I guess I'm just noticing the trick. Well, you, you know, know
1: it's so. just, just just to be that asshole too, like when the uh MLF four come out. There's no way those motherfuckers like fit through that one little doorway. Were <laughs> they in
0: a closet? <laughs> what the fuck?
1: Yeah, I feel like the doorway's is not even big enough for forearms. He's he's taller than the closet.
0: Yeah. So then, and then I I kind of want to. I mean, this is probably because they did not did not know these things at the time, like or they were not planned. But as far as like for some story content, like you described how, you know, Sam's having a conversation with Cable as he's repairing their their plane, or whatever it is. Their bathtub, yes. They they go into a bit of backstory about... Tyler. Tyler. And and it's interesting, because to my knowledge, and I may, I may be wrong about that, because it's all kinds of complicated X-Men bullshit, so I could be totally wrong, but I, I know for sure in the Fox Kids cartoon, Tyler was his son. He was his son. Yeah, pretty... he's like, he was like a son. <laughs> Well, in in this dialogue, he tells Sam it's a misconception by Richter. He says he 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 says he he was like a son to me, but not my flesh and blood. But then in later books, the woman Cable gets with gives birth to Tyler, and then there was that whole thing where he becomes Genesis and goes evil and goes off with Strife, and then Wolverine kills him, and then like. That's how what we was like pissed. is that him, at him back. Uh, yeah, and then and then and then Cable and him have a there was like a one half issue where they like have a beer together and they're like dude, I'm sorry I like murdered your son, dude. And he's like, yeah, that sucks, bro, or whatever. Like there was some issue where they discussed that and we're like he's like, dude, I'm sorry about that, bro. Like sucks to be you or whatever. You know, like there was some issue like that. I'm kind of like I I think I mean, I just think they didn't know this at the time, but I, I don't know. I think, I think, I think he's lying. I think he's lying to Sam. like, I don't, I, I, but I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then, and then I guess the other story point that you go down the rabbit, what happens, well, there's that. And then, and then what happens immediately after that is Sam goes up the stairs and then Domino comes in and he starts using his powers. And he he basically says, well, if it was anybody but you, I wouldn't use these powers. But but she's fucking... Sorry. That. Yeah, yeah, I was like, spoilers, like, she's Vanessa, right? Like, not the real Domino. So, like, should she know that he has those powers or not? Yeah. Like, because cause I was like, I, I don't know. What did Tolliver
1: slash Tyler tell her, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, what, oh... Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, she's she's multi million movie star copycat, right? She's she's Monica Baccarin, right? Yeah, now. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the like, oh. the, the the more they try to flesh out the story, the more nothing makes sense. Because I I read Cyclops of Phoenix, and apparently, like I, I I've made this joke a hundred times. There was a joke in Wizard. It was like, you know, what's to deal with Strife? It was like, Strife is Cable's clone. And it was like, cable is stripes clone. And it was like, clone <laughs> is stripes
2: cable.
0: Yeah, 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 that's all. That's all. Yeah, don't, don't, don't tell me DC's confusing when you got to explain cable to somebody. So.
1: Yeah, it's just, it, it's crazy. I will say though, and then, and, and like, you know, I, I, I will stand by my guns on certain things as a more mature person not just comic reader but someone who enjoys things and like likes you know better art better storytelling i could see all the flaws in this issue the reason i wanted to bring it up is because fuck yes i was that stupid kid and i loved x force number one when it came out i thought it would
0: oh yeah dude i'm not gonna I'm, I'm not going to lie about any of this shit. I, I bought this. I bought fucking Youngblood. I bought fucking New Mutants. I was trying to think, like, X-Force, by this point, I was pre-, I, I had discovered comic book stores. So I bought, like, a five-pack with all the trading cards polybagged from the store, right? Like, I bought a set where they had all five of them, like, you know, bundled up or something that you could get from the store. So I did that. But I'm trying to remember. Like I know some of the New Mutants issues I bought from quote unquote the spinner rack. But I think the only reason why I did that was because not not because I didn't know about comic book specialty shops, but because they were so popular that they sold out at the comic book specialty shop. So like. New Mutants 87, that was, like, the first appearance of Cable, or, like, 98, the first appearance of Deadpool. Which I like, actually got I'm in pretty, spinner rack, I don't know how. Don't yeah, know how I'm, to... I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I bought those at spinner racks because they were kind of banged up and had, like, dents and creases. They were not, you know, 9.8s on the CGC or whatever. Like, they were a little beat up. But, like, I that was the only way I could get them because when I went to the the... Specialty shop, they had long since sold out of those oh, issues. Yeah. But because because there was that delay, like usually usually if you went to a spinner rack and you knew about comic book specialty shops, everything on the spinner rack was kind of like a month behind. So yeah. it was like... Or two if, months. If, yeah. If new, yeah, and if New Mutants 87 was sold out at the specialty shop, you could kind of like go to some of the spinner racks and stuff. And I, I want to say I got... New Mutants eighty seven from, from like a Seven Eleven or something, and was like, like I could just, be wrong, but wasn't
1: that like a, a McFarlane cover with finishes?
0: I think no, because I, I I'm pretty sure that was still Leifeld. I, I wonder I wonder if I don't know Mc, McFarlane may have inked him on some issues, but I don't I don't but I don't think that was on eighty seven.
1: Yeah, because because Toddy Boy and and Rob were were, were buddies for a minute, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. They were totally buddies.
1: I just remember, like the the uh, the the uh, image of Cable was a lot more. Uh, what's the best way to say it? It Had that more rounded look of McFarlane than uh, Liefeld's more angular,
0: sharp look. I mean, it still looked like Feldian, which is probably a thing now. Oh no, you're you're right. Well, you, you, we're both right. Like Liefeld. Penciled the cover, but mcfarland inked it for '87. Okay, yeah,
1: so he probably had it to... because the cover that's right here idea.
0: it says it says Liefeld mcfarland so yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's probably why it doesn't look totally like Liefeld, yeah, okay, cool,
1: yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, like that's that's the thing about like this book, like the Doom Patrol one, I totally enjoyed, but like X Force One, man, that was that, that was that was an experience. Because, yes, you got that shitty polybag with that stupid card, and you're a kid. Well, you were in, I was was a teenager, I was in high school. And, man, I thought I was getting something amazing. I thought I I was just, like, I was buying into the new era of X-Men. I I, I was, like, totally on board. And, like, you know, Shatterstar, he's so cool, he's got swords. Feral, she's got stupid hair, but whatever. Domino, I still like Domino. Did you...
0: Did, when 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 they made the, uh, I just want to get get the vibe of this because I I feel like maybe it's a shared experience. But when they started advertising for like New Mutants one hundred and showing you like, oh, this is going to lead into X Force. Yeah, stuff, the end of an era. Like, of did like, you? Th- yeah, X Force is coming. Yeah, yeah. Did did you think Earl was Wolfsbane? No, no. Like just changed up because I I thought. When when I first saw that I was like, What did they do to Wolfsbane? Like I thought it was like Wolfsbane's like new look or something. Oh, wow. And then and then I realized that it I was like a totally separate character when I read the issue, but
1: Yeah, I, I think the thing that like uh kind of uh helped me with that is I, I did get like the last few issues of New Mutants. They did they did kind of show Farrell as being a morlock.
0: No, no, no. I mean I mean I bought those, but I, I mean like when I was like looking at stuff in previews and like like looking at the promo stuff before the issue came out like i saw like these you know covers and ads and things for for x forces coming and 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 all that well, well,
1: well I, I actually thought shatterstar
0: was long shot oh okay that's interesting you thought you thought he was just long shot but with like the double badass swords I, I thought he was like a, a future long shot because he,
1: he he like they they don't play with it a lot like his his figure has it his marvel legends has it but it seems like they kind of forgot, or Rob Liefeld forgot. But he did have that same star tattoo over his eye. Yeah, yeah. Which like kind of confused me for a while. I was like, and then like you know when he shows up, he's like you know he's doing all the whole like mojo scum and Zazvid and all that shit. You know.
0: Well, since since you brought it up, I mean we're 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 pretty pretty close to having a complete X Force team, Marvel wow. Legends, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think Feral is the only one we need. Yeah, I guess strictly speaking, that's true. Yeah, I mean right? we have Warpath Cause... in silver, but I mean it's still Warpath. But there's also the Warpath. It's it's not it's not the X. Well, it's not the the covert X Force version. But there's the one that was from the Greg Rucka run. That's still red and blue, but it's not it's not this costume. It doesn't have like the tassels around his. His shoulders. Yeah, and I and mean, like I mean, that. we we could we could
1: you know argue semantics. The Domino is not the X Force Domino.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah that that's true of that Domino too. But I guess we've got a we've got I don't know. There, there's a lot of controversy over that that Cannonball apology figure because it it has no legs, and I'm I'm kind of in the camp of I think that's I think that's lazy, really dumb. Yeah. Do do you agree or um
1: if it was a base like i know we're getting Hydro Man. is that hydroman just got the water fists and stuff
0: yeah as far as i know the cannonball it, it it just has the blasting for the lower half like there there are no legs that's that's ridiculous that's stupid yeah yeah right like that it's not just me right like that that's totally I, i'm buying dumb, half right? of a figure yeah, like so. Yeah, the boom, boom boom. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited that we're getting a boom boom, but but yeah, I I do kind of think that's and and it would be nice to you know like you're saying we would pretty much have a version of all these characters except for Feral or you know like we said boom boom is coming and you know yeah so. and,
1: and and you know when you were like one of your big things is like when you say they do apology figures nine ten nine times out of ten they hit out of the park. But with Sam, is like, we do have the shitty Toy Biz version, but the motherfucker's got legs.
0: You know, I think, I think that's technically Hasbro, but they used, like, the Ghost Rider Toy Biz mold on um, it or something. So that's why it looks kind of like a, a Toy Biz figure. Yeah, yeah. But but still, he, he has legs. <laughs> he he has legs, yeah. It's like, uh, how can you get rid of that one? Because he's got legs. I mean,
1: yeah. It's like If you want, like, a real X-Force, you know, it's like, eh, yeah. Well you know you know we're never gonna get
0: if, if you uh,
1: <laughs> we're never gonna get the MLF, we've got strife.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know that I really want the MLF, either. to be honest. But you, you, know, you know me, I'm like I'm a I, big,
1: I, big sucker for uh the Sinister Syndicate and the uh Service Society. I'm good on the MLF. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> not 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 a big yeah. thing, yeah. I I will I I guess I guess I should, you know, ask you if there's anything else you would like to talk about on the x-force issue number one
0: no i i i think i think i said what what i need to say about it i mean i i would be upfront, like like we talked about i mean in the moment at the time like we, you know we reveled in this kind of stuff it's,
1: it's, it's, it's a time capsule
0: yeah yeah and and as much as i poke fun i mean okay right now there i don't know if you've seen this or not but it 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 made me lose. I think it melted my brain. But like Liefeld did, like some kind of cover or a variant cover for like a current issue of Justice League, and then I posted that that you know the the, the line of dialogue from Full Metal Jacket where Arnie hammers like, "What is
2: that? What the." F-? fuck is
0: that you know because i was like looking at the justice league thing and i was just like this is terrible dude like i i mean and i don't mean to be mean like but it's just like dude like that cover like so bad but like this like you know yeah we're making fun of it but there there's some affection there you know for for some of the stuff and and i i i would i'll say sometimes i'll defend you know, or at least kind of go, hey, look, Liefeld's got a lot of enthusiasm. Like,
1: I, I, I think he likes
0: drawing comics. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter that it's not anatomically correct or that he forgets what eye the the the, the, the star is on and what eye the, the glowy eye is on. And he forgets which, which arm the cybernetic arm is on. Okay, whatever. What a chest looks like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay, fine. But, you know. There is there is a strong passion and a love for comics, and at the very least, if you're reading comics and you like comics and you're listening to the show, so I assume you do. At least you and Rob Liefeld have that in common, right? There's no denying that. Like, no matter what you think of his style and you know whether things are anatomically correct and all that other nonsense, like at least you share a passion for comics. Like, at least you have that much of a of a common thread, right? So that that's all. That's all awesome, and, and, and I'll, I'll give Rob Pleifeld this: there has been controversy
1: about who created who, and and you know what, I'm not going to get into that. I don't I don't feel the urge to, but at the end of the day, when you think of certain characters, you you do think Cable, you think Liefeld, you think Deadpool, you think Liefeld, and you know what, Warpath, you kind of think Liefeld. Because he was introduced when he was drawing it, did he? Was he the creative influence behind
0: that? I don't know. There's a lot of. Trouble, but... I I'd I'd argue like yeah, showed up before, way before X Force, so yeah. But but I'll I'll go to bat for Deadpool and Cable. I mean, at least at the very least, he is, you know, a, a co-creator with other parties. You know,
1: yeah, and and, and Deadpool is one of the most popular characters right now. Cable, not so much, but Cable is a fun character. I mean, like, people have taken that concept and done better things with it. Sorry, Rob. Me and Derek. Really, really really big X-Men fans.
0: (laughs) That's certainly true of Deadpool, too. I mean, you know, Deadpool was just a knockoff of Deathstroke the Terminator, and people like Joe Kelly made him into something really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, and and, and, you know, to be perfectly honest, as much as I rag on, like, Jeff Loeb all the time, I think his his run on Cable is probably one of the best things I've ever read from Jeff Loeb, but that's probably because I don't have a lot of strong opinions on Cable, and and what he did was he just took the character, ran with it, and also, kind of like we were talking about with that Punisher War Journal run, he just integrated Cable with, like, the larger Marvel Universe, where he wasn't just isolated to his his own little mutant corner of you know fighting the mutant liberation front or whatever you know evil mutants were out there like you know during the the low run like he did fight the psycho man like he did fight like he i think he went to like the microverse at one point and you know like they they really like lobe really tried to you know kind of give him the world tour of like the larger marvel universe rather than just the isolated X corner of the universe, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah,
1: Deadpool went to space and was part of an extraditional like, Wolfram and Hart for a minute. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like, th- those characters were good ideas. So, I mean, like, is Liefeld a brilliant, awesome artist and creator? I would say no. But is he enthusiastic and does he love comics and did he hit upon some good ideas? I would say yes. So X-Force 1 definitely a pocket of what people wanted at the time. I wanted it, Derek wanted it and that that's basically that was his job. Cuz I think X-Force at one point was one of the highest selling comics for a while.
0: That 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 X-Force number 1 was the I mean I think McFarlane, when he did the ongoing Spider-Man, yeah. broke the record after that, and then I think Jim Lee's X-Men broke the record after that, but at the time, X-Force number one was probably the highest selling comic there ever fucking was, so, I mean, you know, and it's like, if you, I mean, yeah, you can sit there and poke fun at it all day long, you know, And and we are, and we did, but at the same time, like, you all you motherfuckers bought it like you know you bought it otherwise it wouldn't be so fucking ice. i'm like so fuck off yeah anyway yeah we all we we all drank the kool-aid and you
1: know what (laughs) we we drank it and we enjoyed it
0: (laughs) yeah end of end of
3: rant you all drank the kool-aid
0: motherfuckers
3: (laughs) phew another great show wrapped sure was now, uh, time to move on to our serious business. Time for the monthly team meeting. So, Team WFD, roll call, activate. Host, Mike. I'm here, bro. Webmaster, Doug. Hey, everybody. Kapow. Tech support, Rifty. Huzzah, it is I, Rifty. Ascendian Twitter account, Wilfred. Hello, humans. And me, other host, Paul. Okay, everyone present. Now, let's look at our upcoming schedule because we've got some big things coming up. I think our first order of business should be the new segment, Thoughts. Is the, new, the segment new segment about my about triumphant, my triumphant return, return to your, to your world? world? What the f***? <laughs> Holy s***. Sh- son of a... Who let the Candlemaker in here? Well, Fred... There
1: are far too many humans on this show. I'm just trying to balance things out. Look,
3: well, I'm, so- I'm sorry, Candlemaker. There's nothing really for you in the upcoming episodes. Plus, let's be honest, you, you had your 15 minutes. What? what? How dare, How you? dare you? I'm, King, I'm Kandor. King Kandor. Yeah, 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 whatever. Look, um, we've got a new segment launching. We've got some guests planned. Jail May 2 to look forward to. Not to mention our 100th episode coming up. And we really don't have room for you. I'm sorry. But, 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 what? Uh, <sighs> fine. fine.
4: Whatever.
2: whatever.
4: You mortals. mortals and your show, and your
2: show suck. suck.
4: Oh, yeah? Well, we might suck, but we can still blow you out just like Dorothy the
1: Ape Girl did.
3: Yeah, in your face, King Candle.
1: Oh, ha ha, very funny.
3: funny. Bye, Bye, losers. losers. See you in hell. hell. Man, that guy was a jerk. Waiting for Doom, the world's greatest Doom Patrol podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Podbean.com.
4: Image Comics formed in 1992, by several creators unhappy with their current place in the industry. So they band together to make a new comics company for a new generation of readers. Creator owned, mutants, cops, black ops government agents, demon possessed, and they are going to be the greatest comics ever. April of 1992, the first issues hit the stands, and fandom resounded with cries of...
2: Pouches? Why what is so it with the all the pouches?
4: What? You don't like pouches? All the Pouches, an Image Comics podcast, is one fan's exploration of those early years of Image Comics. Youngblood, the Savage Dragon, Spawn, and more, with maybe even a few pouches along the way. So come give a listen at johnreedscomics.com That's John with no h. Just so you can spell it right.
1: But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would just say like, yeah, X Force enjoyable romp. But on the same note, the Doom Patrol comic was uh, as a comic fan more enjoyable as a comic fan. So I, I will say that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I just I, I was jonesing because you know, I'm, I'm watching the current DC Doom Patrol show on the, the, the DC online thing, and I really enjoy it. And I think especially, I mean, this will date it or whatever, but I don't really give a shit. Like the, the, the latest episode had, uh, willoughby kipling on it and it was so fucking cool so like i i don't know like i haven't i you know and then i think the, the episode before that had the animal vegetable mineral man as a cameo like i it's just like so many things that are just making me like smile from ear to ear that make me like stupid comic book giddy where i'm like you know little little fanboy squeals Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, there's, like, I clapped when I fucking saw the animal vegetable mineral, man, like, I know that, and it's, like, and it, it's, like, it's super obscure, too, for me, like, you know, so, like, but I know that, and so I clapped, and it's, like, I, I don't know, I get, like, stupid excited about stuff yeah, like that, I, 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 I and thought,
1: I think. I know one of the best episodes of the Teen Titans was with Doom Patrol, so, yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, 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 so, so, you know, if, you know. Anyway, I was I was kind of enthusiastic and excited about that show, and when this opportunity arose to pick a sort of a a randomized issue of a comic book, I I, I guess I had Doom Patrol on the brain, and of course that issue of Doom Patrol fits within my standards for a spinner rack comic because I got it from a quick stop, and that that's mainly why I brought it. And it's fun to talk about about X Force with you. I mean, you know, it's like the, the, you know obviously, yeah, it's not, it's not going to go down in history as the, the most well-created crafted storyline and or, you know, comic art ever. But I mean, it, it is historical. I mean, it's significant, you know, it's, it's, it's one of these like blockbuster tentpole, you know, summer blockbuster movies that, you know, everybody came out and droves to see, you know, like it it might not be, you know, it's not going to win any awards or Oscars or whatever, you know, it's not going to win any Eisners for comics, but, you know, it certainly, you know, made a huge ass impact on the comic book landscape and, and, you know, it it is kind of, you know, something that I think like Tony and I admitted, you know, that we, you know, we were, we were super on board for at the time. So in that, you know, it doesn't, doesn't hurt my mind to to revisit it. It's like, you know, but I can sort of look at it with a little different eyes and kind of my, my enjoyment now is to me, looking at that issue of X-Force, it's like, I still have a sense of, of nostalgia and enjoyment for it. But also it's totally nostalgic. But yeah, but yeah. but also I kinda treat it like when I would watch like old episodes of the filmation He Man where I kinda saw it through a little more humorous lens than I would have when I took it super seriously when I was probably like thirteen and had raging hormones or whatever, right? So that's all.
1: When X Force One came out,
0: I was balls deep. I gotta say it. That's 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 my catchphrase, I guess. <laughs> I think everyone is balls deep, man. They they just don't want to own up to it. No, no.
1: Oh, 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 own your privilege, motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> we were all balls deep in X-Force. Acknowledge it, own it, live it, breathe it, love it. All right. So that is going to wrap things up for tonight's episode of Comics, motherfucker. Do you read them? We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. If you want to check out the backlog of our episodes, they're going to be over on fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. If you want to send us some angry emails, you're like, you're totally full of shit. I'd never read X-Force, ever. You can send us angry emails at at gmail.com. In addition to comments, <laughs> motherfucker, do you read them? We have all kinds of other shows. We've got the Fan Holes podcast proper. We've got Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, which is a Thunderbolts podcast. We've got Big in Japan, where we talk about anime. We've got Mobile Suit Mondays, Toku Thursdays, Transformers Tuesdays. Sentai Saturdays. So we hope you consider checking out all those other shows. We can be found on all kinds of social media, or on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we appreciate all the likes, hearts, retweets, shares, and etc. that we receive. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC signing off. This is Tony. I'm gonna look at a box of Crayola
1: crayon and be like, "Yeah, that's a computer."
2: Hey, yeah, I know what you're going through, don't let it get the best of you, you'll make it out alive, oh, people like us, we gotta stick together, keep your head up, nothing that. Just a life This is the life that we think. So throw your fist in the air. Come out, come out if you dare. Tonight we're gonna change forever. Everybody loses it. Everybody wants to throw it all away sometimes. Oh, people like us, we gotta stick together. God.
0: his hand yeah we know that he got yeah, a cybernetic he got a cybernetic implant for a hand and then he lost the other hand oh Shatterstar cut off both his hands that's funny he would lose <laughs> he would lose one of his Stop legs Shatterstar <laughs> it's, he's like um he's like uh Donald Logan Blade or whatever right Like he would lose one of his legs after getting his legs stuck blah 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 blah, blah. at one point the other MLF members would joke about his starting to turn into Darth Vader Wow, okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I don't care about the story arcs. Okay, powers. Uh, Reaper has... What? Reaper has a stunning touch. I don't know what that means. Which he can channel through... Oh, like he can stun people? Okay. Reaper has a stunning... A stun should, touch. I should have used that. <laughs> Stun touch, which he can channel through metal objects, including his sickle and his prosthe. Oh, okay. So it's like it's like he has a stun touch that apparently goes like. So that's probably like why, like on the X Men like cartoon, if you saw Reaper, his 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 sickle would like probably glow or something because it's like that's his mutant power to like channel his stun yeah, yeah. his stun thing yeah. through like metal. A kinetic- ability he Or has scythes, have. or or whatever, you know, or, or oh, if he who, has who, he who has metal character? hands he can he can use those, I guess. Who was that character who had like
1: focused their power into their weapon? Who was that? I know power? Shatterstar had the argue him, but I'm I'm talking about before that.
0: Focus their power into their weapon? Do you mean like uh, do you mean like random or bushwhacker or somebody? Uh,
1: random wasn't. He didn't have any weapons. He just made his arms into a fucking gun.
0: Right. What do you mean? Like, oh, you mean like an actual weapon that gets like charged yeah. up by a mutant? Yeah, it was a focus. Yeah. Well, maybe I mean, you know.
2: I
1: I might be thinking about Iana, because she had powers, but she was much stronger with the Soul Sword.
2: Hmm.
1: But I don't. I don't think that's who I'm thinking of. Hmm. I don't know. I was I was thinking there was like a character who like like they had to have an object to not well, use your meat well, power, but like it would it would focus into it.
0: I mean, Gambit charges things up, but
1: yeah, it don't have to be cards. But yeah, like yeah, I remember when he charged a basketball and threw it at somebody.
0: God, I can't remember who that was. It was like, or are you thinking of like Psylocke or somebody?
1: No, it was it was actually like a well like the it was like a uh well what's pronounced a fetish. A fetish meaning like they could use their power not to the fullest extent, but if they had that item they could use their
0: power more efficiently. I mean that that makes sense. Like I just don't, I'm not sure who it is.
1: I can't remember who it is either. I I really can't. I'm like yeah, I guess that's Reaper's power. Like as is. Yeah, his yeah. You can
0: you can focus it. And it is sickle or is in in, in his. Uh, I call it a
1: sickle or scythe. Is either one is is correct? I believe. One, I think scythe will be better because I think scythe is the long handled version. I think a sickle is the the handheld version.
0: Yeah.
1: But he's a he's a complete moron, so he sucks.
0: <laughs> well, I think I think depending on like maybe, maybe it's better to call the version he had in X Force one the scythe. But I think in other interpretations of him, he had so many limbs chopped off. He probably did have like sickles attached to his hands, like literally or something. You know what I mean? Like the short oh, okay, I versions. That. I mean, I, I don't know, but that's what the it little, sounds little like. Blades. Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like from looking at that uh, but uh, by the way I, I the marvel wiki failed me but this is comic fine so that's okay. i was like at least that says sort of what his powers are so I was like, that, that was, that's really that wasn't that wasn't super hard yeah, we have to do deep dives on like reaper <laughs> reaper well at least he only has one power right it's not like um wild side yeah. has like 15 fucking powers
1: yeah, I don't even think he's, like, showed up since, like, the 90s.
2: Well,
1: well, I told you when I was reading it, like, you know, I am I am very familiar with the DC history, even if I haven't read all these characters. You know, I, I, I try to be aware of a lot of things that are happening, because you never know when a crossroads is going to happen. So you want to be familiar with all these things. And like I was telling you when I was reading this, I was like, oh, hey, I know them. Oh, hey, I know them. Oh, hey, I know them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.